Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Kelly. I'm Jamie. Do you guys know what ASMR videos are? I do, actually. You're about to make one of those Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) Autosomal something reflex. Yeah, I don't know what it stands for. Do you know what these are? No. Okay, so it's it's a it makes new, your spine tingly. Yeah, it's, I don't get it. It's it's not new, I guess, but it, you know, in the past year's recent trend mm-hmm. of people uploading YouTube videos with like really sensitive microphones, and they like whisper into the microphone and they eat things. And I found one the other day, <laughs> and I used it to literally get my kids out of bed as like an alarm clock. Oh, they walk okay. in the room. It's a woman eating a jar of pickles. Loudly into the microphone. Oh, weird! And then there was another one of ear licking. So she just like licked. The oh, microphone. that that is a hundred percent uncalled for. Millions of YouTube views. Oh yeah, Why? people people are famous and making money off of these videos. And it makes yeah. me wonder. Maybe we should have an ASMR channel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll just. Read the news about reproductive rights <laughs> and like crinkle the newspaper and sip the coffee. <laughs> it, it apparently triggers. I mean, it apparently triggers some kind of like response from your body, like makes your spine tingle or like uh, something oh, otherwise it, pleasurable. Yeah, it just gives me the creeps. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> giving me the creeps is where I think I would be, and therefore would not. I don't. But. It doesn't do anything to me. I'm just like, oh, well. What I end up doing is just spending hours watching like slime videos on Instagram instead. <laughs> And I don't know why. Like, there's like, like it's not like I find this a specifically soothing or like very soothing. It's just like, well, now this is what I'm doing for the next four hours, and I don't know why. Slime videos. Yeah, people making slime or like sticking their hands into like smooth things, and they're now like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I can't, I can't explain it about myself. The well, the, the very first subconscious. Thing. There is yeah. this really awesome paint mixing Instagram where she like makes like she fills molds with paints and then freezes them so she like she made an avocado out of paint that then she then like crushes cool. up yeah it actually is really cool where she like crushes up and like blends the paint it's, oh that, that actually does sound cool yeah I that's the one i spend the most time watching our very first podcast i don't know if you remember jamie uh you'd brought in tacos for some reason it was ta- it was no it wasn't our very it wasn't oh, it really our very first because i don't think it was it was the beer taco challenge that that's right that's why yes i think that was episode <clears throat> one and we ate tacos and 2015 into the microphone and, and it, it was me out yes uh-huh. so I, I was actually you thinking that that, that was the first podcast it's a great way to win <laughs> it was like the last friends. three minutes of the podcast yeah. is us talking because and it was the taco okay. beer challenge for that sounds terrible and math so did you, did did you, it was related yes did you get a beer or was it just tacos i think it was just tacos my, i can't remember my first beer after after giving birth was in honor of the tobc Fabulous. But yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. If we wanted to start the, cha- the channel, that could be the very first one because at the end of that one, we are all chomping tacos <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> the Neural Asthma Challenge. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so we're not going to do the sound thing, but we will talk about, uh, similar to the Beer and Taco Challenge, ways to raise money, things to do to get involved. What's coming up? We're doing the Saturday's Bullathon. Yes, the Saturday's Bullathon. This Woo-hoo. is uh, the annual, this is the ninth annual Bullathon for Women of Options. Preterms is next week. I don't know when Aggie Fund is having theirs. Uh, it's, the, it's the same time of one of those two events. I think it's next week. I don't feel like it was that close coming up, but I could totally be wrong. Okay, I'm looking these up, and you talk about why the Bullathon's important. 
Uh, the Bulletin is important because it's the biggest fundraiser that women have options has each year to raise money to pay for abortions in the state of Ohio. Yes. Um, I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually behind on my goal this year because I thought it would be much easier to do things with an eight-month-old than it actually is. <laughs> I know. Shocking. I know. Um, so my food status dreams of tomorrow will be realized tomorrow <laughs> or like some time <laughs> in the future. Yeah. No, I think... It's a. It's been a really great long term fundraiser too. It's yeah, really this is my. Yeah, this is my third year participating, and uh, the first year I raised. I mean, both years I've done it. I've raised over a thousand dollars, so I'm kind of. I'm a little sad that I haven't made it to that yet. But <laughs> I have two days. Who knows? Um, but it's uh, so far we've raised like just shy of thirty eight thousand, I think. Woo-hoo. And the goal this year is fifty grand. So we'll see if that we make it that far. I hope we do. So women have options uh, in Columbus. Yes. I mean, they're a statewide organization, but their event is in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Toledo, uh, the Aggie Fund, uh, both of those are on the 21st. Okay. Um, in order to get details to attend it, you have to be a participant. They don't just, like, invite everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns out we don't, want to be pun- like, we don't want to have a good time and then get protested. Yes. Go, right. go away. Uh, you have to give... You have to participate. You have to uh, have fifty dollars raised. Yes, it's uh, more fun if you're actually on a team. Yes, yes. I'm um, on uh, Michelle Davis's team. Turbulently annoying this year. Turbulently annoying. Yes, that's okay. what she got charged with when <laughs> she picked up the anti signs and they attacked her, and she got charged. Ah, that's her team name. Yes, mm-hmm. that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, if you're in Cleveland, preterms bolathon is on April 26th. Uh, again, it's a Thursday. Uh, yes, it's a Thursday night. Same deal. Uh, contact preterm. We'll put links to all of these in the show notes. I don't think it's too late to join, but you it's have not. to be a participant to be an attendee. You can yes. just swing by. If you raise, I think, $100 for preterm, you get a purple wine glass, stemless Ooh. wine glass, so you can be a drunk and not break your glass, I guess. La-dee-da. I really want one, but I don't want to fundraise for two different funds. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are coming to the Women Have Options Bowlathon, you can get a pair of socks, a pair of knee socks that say We Fund Abortion. I want those. Well, then come to Bowlathon. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why are socks the new fundraising thing? Because I was listening to our local NPR station, and they're, of course, doing their spring, spring fundraising drive, and that was what they were giving away if you, like, donated $12 a month or something like that. It was, like, I, you get this, like, WOSU, like, pair of socks. I'm like, so I don't really know. This is something <laughs> we tried to have for Bowlathon last year, and they're really expensive to actually do, which is probably, like, coming from the NAF rather than who okay. itself. Um, so I guess it's, it's a pair. Yes. <laughs> of socks. Yes. <laughs> I think he's but, trying to be funny, but so I, yeah, he's, he's, he missed the mark there. Um, <laughs> um, now I'm just, no, don't take my Cheerios. <laughs> You're making everyone uncomfortable. Um, but I think they're, I mean, they're a trend in swag that's been given out at conferences. So I think I this is, this is like, this is one of the nicer things that you can get, but also just like, it's, it's nice to like show off your thing, like mm-hmm. your support for something in like every possible way. Next, next trend we'll see is underwear. Well, and you know, maybe at some point it'll warm up so that you can actually, you know, see people's knee socks and it won't be covered under 14 layers of clothing. Man, wearing knee socks and shorts, that just reminds me of high school. Uh-huh. I'm cool. You're cool. I think we are all cool. Uh, what other events are coming up? I don't know. I have. 
<laughs> I have a phone bank on the 30th um, that I hope I have a pretty good turnout for. Uh, it's an electoral phone bank, so it's going to be right before the primary. Call people, talk about our endorsed candidates, get them out to vote. Uh, early voting started April 10th, so if you want to go vote, you can go to your county board of elections and do that today or tomorrow or any time before May 8th. Yes. Uh, there's a phone bank to do that in Cleveland on April 24th. And Yours, one in Toledo. Uh, uh, one in Toledo on April 26th. Um and then yours is on April 30th. Right. So all of these events are in the show notes or on a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, get a hold of one of the organizers to get details about how to participate. Yes. Uh, they should be... They're actually know. pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, you can win prizes. You can play games. You can get snacks. I mean, it's actually it's not terrible as far as phone banks go. Spin the prize wheel? Yes. Oh, yeah. They're better than Gabe's phone banks. He is hasn't had a phone bank in a long time. He doesn't believe in thanking people. (laughs) Shocked face. (laughs) I I have an old manual that recites Gabe Mann, (laughs) e-organizer. You've got some old research. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I don't believe in thanking people. That's because you come from a labor background, though. This is correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it's the people that we are helping should be thanking us. We don't thank them. They're not doing anything for us. This is why he's not They're the organizer. They're volunteering for us, so they should be thanked. To help them. No, not some of them. This is why Gabe is not the organizer. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is true. He's the cranky old man who sits in his... Me. Well, stands now in his office. Yes, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so you were talking about early voting. Early voting's going on now. Yes. yes. Um, Morris and- Road is where the county board of election is in Columbus. Columbus. Yes. Uh, and so we're getting people out to vote, uh, and we have endorsements. So many. Um, a lot of great endorsements. Uh, we'll put the link to all of them in the show mm-hmm. notes. You can find them on our uh, website also. Uh, yes. There's a whole album of them on our Facebook page, too. Our website being ProChoiceOhio.org. Yes. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. For the so, people who are tuning in late. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so we've gotten some some nice uh, acknowledgments from the people that we've endorsed. People excited about our endorsements, which I would hope so, because if they're not, then they shouldn't be endorsing them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that day we got a really good flood, uh, you know, flood of like Cordray and Sutton you know, retweeting and sharing stuff and those kinds of things. But it's been interesting. It's continuing to, you know, some of the candidates are using sponsored ads with our logo on them and those kinds of things. And this week. And Steve. then conversely, uh-huh. the tweet that uh, we sent out. <laughs> yes. We want to mention that. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But um, this week, um, Steve Deidelbach, the attorney general candidate, actually used our endorsement in his fundraising appeal, which was <gasps> an awesome thing about how he believes that unlike Mike DeWine, our current attorney general and also Republican candidate for governor right now, you know, he would use his office to ensure that people have access to health care instead of wasting millions of Ohio taxpayer dollars on interfering with minors' access to abortion in Texas. And Man, there are so many problems in Ohio that could be addressed with all those tax dollars that aren't related to abortion. Like, I don't know, the yes. potholes. <laughs> Infant mortality, maternal mortality, and all little things like that. Yeah, but the potholes. <laughs> no, I know. There's- you should drive in Michigan. It's ridiculous up there. Because they don't even spend the money Ohio does on their roads, and it's ridiculous. that's sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Another reason that that state up north is not as cool as us. We should get uh, toll roads. True. Yeah. Um, so we we saw that email sent out by uh, Steve Dettelbach for Attorney General. 
Um, Kathleen Clyde, Secretary of State, uh, was very nice in acknowledging our endorsement. We've loved Kathleen Clyde forever long, since she's time. been in the legislature. Um, you know, some of these statewide candidates, um, you know, they've they've they have solid careers. They've done other things. Yes. Kathleen Clyde, we've seen really up close and personal, standing up for women in the state legislature mm-hmm. in the House. Um, always voting very solid, making terrific floor speeches in support of women. I was just I was going back through my video archives the other day yeah. and found her speaking as uh, you know one of the keynotes at Lobby Day. Um, terrific champion for women. Yeah, just a champion all around. She's just one of my favorite people in that building in general because she just she's so nice, so nice, but also so dedicated and nice when she needs to be, but also like a pit bull when she's really fighting for the people that she's fighting for. I mean, on our issue, you know, in specific, but also, I mean, she's running for secretary of state because she cares about people's access to voting and those kinds of things. That's her main issue. Yeah. Yeah, It's great. I Mm -hmm. mean, she's, she's a champion on, you know, reproductive rights and all that. Kathleen Clyde is a voting rights person and (laughs) that's the job of secretary of state. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and she's an expert on it. She'd been, you know, focused on this for years and years. So, we need somebody unlike John Husted, who's the lieutenant governor candidate with Mike DeWine, <laughs> um, who right. has systematically been blocking people from the polls. We need somebody like Kathleen in there to actually right. fight for access to the polls. <laughs> I know it's shocking, but we want people to vote, guys. Right. You know, the, the impact of this specific issue on voting rights and the changes that the Secretary of State makes and how it affects people's abilities to get to the polls. That's one of the things that I think for many voters is really clear. It's very transparent. You know, during the Taft administration, voting in Ohio was a pain in the butt. Taft? Yeah. Um, Governor before. Governor Taft. So then Ted... Why are you acting like I should know that? Sorry. (laughs) South Carolinian. Uh, So then Governor Strickland came in, and Jennifer Bruner was the Secretary of State, and getting to the polls became suddenly so easy. Early voting opened up. People's access to be able to cast their ballot. Was early voting not a thing before then? No, not, no. It, it, our, laws, our laws changed uh, <clears throat> right after 2000. Uh, in 2004, you had to be, senior citizens were allowed to early vote Yeah, you had cause, to be a reason. Everybody else had a reason. Yeah, so you had to be like out of the district or in the hospital or some other reason that was going to block you from actually oh, so you getting could, to so you the polls that day. And it, yeah. yeah, it was all just mail in, but you had to have a reason. It was it was it last year? Like even just last year, that you can now do your full registration online. It's been yeah. a couple cycles. Oh, full, no, registration? full registration is just yeah. the last year. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that might I, be the one thing he did, did right. Yeah, because I could do that in South Carolina, and I was just baffled when I moved here. I was like, come on, South Carolina is not exactly a progressive state, guys. Like, right. if I can. I could also order my driver's license on, on, like, if I lose it, I can order it online in South Carolina. That's they've made that a lot harder here. <laughs> well, they're Weird. actually going to force you to do it in Ohio here now. Uh, so you know, <laughs> seeing the trends from that Republican administration with Bob mm-hmm. Taft and how much it improved with Ted Strickland, and then Kasich came in office and it immediately yeah. got worse again. And you can see through the actual length of the lines in your polling place. Mm-hmm. How the Secretary of State is doing. So, you know, Kathleen Clyde has been studying this for years. She understands the issues. We have a clear trend. You know, she's going to re-implement many Mm -hmm. of the very simple policies that Jennifer Bruner put in place a long time ago. Um, You know, this has a great impact to improve 
democracy in Ohio. And also, I mean, it tracks back to what we were just talking about, too, with DeWine wasting all this money on frivolous ridiculousness on abortion access. They have lost every single... So every time Houston does something that's unconstitutional and blocking access to the polls, limiting access for early vote and these kinds of things, um, progressive groups, including the Democratic Party and other people, have sued the state of Ohio to block those Houston and things from going into place. Guess yeah. who defends... Houston's office. Is it, it Dewan? Yeah, it's the Attorney General's office. Yeah. So how so, many times has the state of Ohio been sued like just in the last seven years? I don't know. That More than it should have. Yes. Yeah, no, like every like every issue I'm hearing about they've gotten sued over. Like even like the school system is unconstitutional. Yeah, that's yeah. been going on for twenty years. I yeah. I know, but like yeah. ah yeah. Why so, did I move here? <laughs> I don't know. We're glad you did, though. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it, it just shows, again, that kind of continuing trend of we don't care if it's constitutional or not. We want our stuff to go through and we don't give a crap. That so. makes it really hard to defend. Like Republicans are like, ah, we're here <laughs> for family values. When like you don't care what like the outcome is, you just want what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, the last statewide candidate we haven't mentioned yet is Rob Richardson. Uh, he's running for treasurer. Um, really great guy. We're excited to support him. He, yes. you know, thanked us for his, uh, for our endorsement of him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's yes. totally cool. Uh, there's also some state legislative races I want us to talk about before we move on, starting with the Senate. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would we endorse in the primary instead of just the general election? Because we're, we're leading on this, mm-hmm. right? You know, we have a lot of supporters, uh, who, you know, we talked to, we put out a membership survey and said, hey, who do you like in this election? Do you think we should endorse? Mm-hmm. If so, who? We listened to our members. They overwhelmingly chose the Cordray Sutton ticket. Mm-hmm. Our board discussed it. They looked at all of these candidates' records. They feel that Cordray and Sutton have the best uh, chance of winning in the general election and supporting the clinics that our job is to defend. Yeah. And it's not like we would endorse the other side in the general election. Right. Yeah. No. So the only meaningful time it really matters to endorse is in the primary. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. And I think it also goes, I mean, I think it, that, that question actually leads straight into where um, Gabe was probably about to go with this, with the state Senate. You know, it's even sometimes we, you know, need to endorse because one of our champions is being challenged. And, you know, in in two cases, um, state, current state representatives, Teresa Fetter and Dinky Antonio from the Toledo area and the Cleveland area, um, respectively, are running for state Senate to move from the House to the Senate. And both of their county parties decided to endorse, like, there's white lame men. white dudes instead of them. So, right. you know, we really need to also support our champions and make sure our champions are still in the legislature because in the same way, Kathleen Clyde's been amazing. Nikki Antonio has led the charge on all these things as well. Um, and so has Teresa Fetter. I mean, Teresa Fetter's work both on our issue and on human trafficking. I mean, we would not be in the place where we are where John Kasich has signed many bills combating human trafficking if Teresa Fetter hadn't pushed the issue yeah. um, for a very, very long time. So, yeah, I mean, our people need to know that you know, blindly following you know, even the Democratic Party <laughs> endorsements isn't keeping sometimes these, these I mean, amazing candidates in, in mind. Yeah, I mean, we're not a... We're not a democratic organization. We're not no. a partisan organization. We're going to endorse the pro-choice candidates. Yes. Right. We used to endorse pro-choice Republicans when those existed. Once upon a time. I miss them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you want to take a, a sidebar on Barbara Bush and her uh, pro-choice <laughs> The Women's March put out a tweet that said, rest in power, Barbara Bush. 
And, and, and on the choice issue, yeah, but like, dude, can we not remember what she said about Katrina? And like, I mean, I know we don't bash people when they die, but like, <laughs> watch me. Yeah. <laughs> And, and yeah, I mean, but also the fact that we're celebrating her because she was a woman who decided that women should have access to the health care they need to be healthy. I mean, yay. I mean, if, it was, if this was like 2000, that would like not even be like, Mm-mm. that wouldn't even be addressed. Like, well, yeah, because she did what she was supposed to. But it's 2018 and people are like, oh, no, the abortion issue. Well, yeah. And I think it actually shows. I mean, when she was first lady, everyone knew she was pro-choice and knew her husband was not as president. So like, apparently Mrs. Kasich is pro-choice. Yes. And, but like, it wasn't a big deal back then. Yeah. Like everyone just knew Barbara Bush was pro-choice and it was just how things were. Cause it wasn't this right. huge thing in the Republican party to, you know, kick everyone out that might actually agree with right. people. having. I, I think that that's the part of it that I focus on here is, <clears throat> is her passing is a sign that once upon a time, you could be a uh-huh. pro-choice Republican and it wouldn't be toxic. You know, yeah. I think all the time about Richard Nixon created, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Title, Title 10, 10 women's health funding, family I, planning funding. I had a class with somebody who argued that Nixon was not a Republican, so. <laughs> no, he was a, he was he, a Republican. He I was know. A pretty nasty Republican. I know. But, you yeah. know, reproductive health care was not politicized. Mm-hmm. Until, like, Reagan. Yeah. Reagan ruined it all. <sighs> Shocker. Okay, sorry. Sorry for the side. Uh-huh. Did you see the, the oh. New York is it New York magazine? I just see it as nymag.com. I don't know. They released a, a, an article about that uh, the tide is changing, that more young people are identifying as uh, pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like 51% of seniors think that abortion um, should be, like, accessible all or most of the time versus like 65% of young people. Well, I think the interesting thing on that article actually was that um, we always, you know, everybody always asks us, well, why do you, you know, reach out to the other side? Why do you, you know, and it's because people can move and change. I think the interesting thing in that article was that not only were the, was that gulf getting bigger and bigger between old people and young people, but young people were more likely to have changed their mind on the issue over the last series of years. And when they changed their mind, they were moving more to the abortion access side versus the making abortion illegal side. So I think it really, it pushes back on a lot of the, Ridiculous crap that the anti-choice you know movement talks about. How I am they're the pro-life generation. Uh-huh. False. Yes. <laughs> it's really funny every time I see somebody holding the I am the pro-life generation, which is like supposed to be young people. It's what are you, 70? 50-year-old white dude, um, which I find hilarious. Um, <laughs> but but no, I think that article is really interesting. Yeah. But there, do we have other candidates so the state before Senate. we... Yeah. <laughs> I, have seen a, I have seen a stock photo of somebody holding that sign, and everyone behind them was definitely wearing a, holding a pro-choice sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we talked about Teresa Fetter, Nikki Antonio, am- amazing champion yes. for the Lakewood community, uh, Cleveland's West Side. Uh, also in Cleveland, Kenny Yuko in the twenty. Can we, wait, wait, can we move, before we move on? Also, the first openly lesbian member of the Ohio House, and has been a champion of making um, passing a bill to ensure that um, LGBT people in Ohio cannot be discriminated against in job and public accommodation and housing. Antonio? Yes. She's a lesbian? Yes. How did I miss that memo? <laughs> not Kenny Yuko. No, not I, Kenny I Yuko. Know. Yes, Nikki Antonio. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, she's awesome and amazing. She's a terrific pioneer. Um, 
Nikki Antonio. Uh, Kenny Yuko has been a great champion of ours in the Senate. Yes. Uh, he's running for re-election, but he has a primary challenger. So yes. this is you know something where we're making sure everybody understands, hey, Kenny Yuko has been a great champion yes. uh, for reproductive rights for years. Mm-hmm. Always somebody we've been able to, to count on yes. day in and day out. Uh, Sandra Williams, uh, I don't think she's got a challenger. She does. Uh, does? Mm-hmm. Oh. Sandra Williams, uh, we're supporting Louise Valentine, uh, is a new name to me, but uh, she's pro-choice and we're supporting her for it. Uh, And the last endorsed candidate that we've got uh, this time around is Catherine Chips, who's running my district. I actually got her mailer in my mail. (laughs) I opened up my mailbox and there it was. For House or Senate? uh, For the Senate uh, in Columbus. We're in a different Senate district. That's weird. We might be. Mine's Mm -hmm. Tavares. Yeah. No, Tavares is term limited. Yeah, so this, this, this is oh, her. This yes. is her seat. Today um, I learned. <laughs> uh, Catherine Chips is running in Columbus for the Senate as a write-in candidate. You yes. have to write in her name. Um, so, so there's a on this uh, when you do it in person on the video boards, which Franklin County has. You push a there's a button just like for the candidates that says write in. You push that button and a screen pops up that you type in the person's name. Right. Boggs is yeah. also right in, yes. in my district. Yes. yes. She so, doesn't have a primary component, though. So. I know, but yeah. Uh, she's in the house. Uh, Kristen Boggs, yes. uh, that's Columbus's east side, right? She's kind of that Gahanna area. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's uh, like the university district, part of the hilltop, and then Gahanna. Yes. Cool. So like, she, I'm, I'm in Boggs district. Oh, yes. okay. Weird. Um, mm-hmm. So we've, we've got a bunch of people, too many to name here uh, in the Ohio House. Um, not every single one of our champions that's in the legislature is on this list mm-hmm. because uh, just Many not everybody, of, yeah. you know, can, can you talk about why somebody might not be endorsed this time but is pro-choice? Yeah, because, I mean, frankly, a lot of our folks um, don't have primary challengers. So when we're going through, I mean, the process to go through to screen these candidates and endorse these candidates is not an easy one. So when you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of candidates we prioritize the ones that have primary opponents. Um, so a lot of these, actually several of these folks don't even have um, general election opponents. They're just running unopposed. Um, so, you know, what we did was we prioritized ones that did did have primaries and those kinds of things. So it really is just a, a factor of did we, you know, get a hold of them and those kind of things. So being not endorsed does not necessarily mean, like, one of our champions is no longer pro-choice or any of those kinds of things. Um, we will do another round of endorsements um, for the general election. Right. And they'll, they'll be most likely on those on that round. So that said, if there's, if there's a primary contest and one of those two candidates is endorsed, it's because their opponent is, you know... Not, is not endorsed. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. But... I mean, it could mean that a couple of things, you know, that we know that they are not pro-choice, but it also could mean that they just didn't respond to an email. So like we cannot comment on the other side of where any of these folks are unless they have a voting record. Check your um, email folks. Yes. But um, one, one I do want to mention who does have a primary is the Columbus, Ohio one too. Um, Erica Crowley um, is running um, to replace Herschel Craig in the 26th, the district. And she's amazing. She does have a primary opponent that we did not endorse um, that in that district. And, um, she's just an amazing champion. I think she's going to be an amazing addition to, um, the legislature. She wants to do this. There's a lot of people who do this as a stepping stone to something else or whatever. This is a job she wants and she's really working her butt off to get there. So 
she's definitely one I would want to mention, but check out the website for the rest of the house endorsements. Yes. Link in the show notes. Um, and then the other thing that's not on here for a very specific reason is there's nobody running for Congress on our list. Yes. And that's for a really obvious reason. We're NARAL pro-choice Ohio. We endorse at the state level. Um, National endorsements are NARAL Pro-Choice America, the national partner of ours in D.C. So you don't see Sherrod Brown on here. We love Sherrod Brown. Vote for Sherrod Brown. But he's running for the U.S. Senate, and that's an endorsement from NARAL Pro-Choice America. My own member of Congress isn't on here. Um, so, you know, it's, it's cause they're running for federal office. Yes. Um, it's not, and, and I got some emails about that of like, why didn't you endorse yeah. this person running for Congress? It's cause we don't endorse for Congress yes. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, once, uh, our national partner releases those endorsements, we'll advertise the hell yeah. out of them. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just a different organization. Yes. So, uh, so those are the endorsements. Um, and then also in state news, these people are fighting back against, uh, they're not only fighting for office, but they're standing up against the Kasich anti-abortion agenda. These are people who, uh, have said that they will support access Mm -hmm. to abortion rights, support for, uh, family planning funding and support for Planned Parenthood who just won a case. Back to Mike DeWine wasting your taxpayer dollars. He doesn't need to be governor. Can we say that one more time? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it often, say it loud. Um, so, yeah, this week, the Sixth Circuit yes. um, Court of Appeals ruled unanimously, by the way, and, like, several of the judges on that panel were Bush appointees, so they weren't all, like, Clinton-Obama appointee liberal judges, um, unanimously said that the latest version of the Planned Parenthood defunding bill that passed, so the one that said that Planned Parenthood can't get money unless they don't do abortions, um, that is unconstitutional because it limits access to health care based on their provision of another type of health care. So um, that was a huge win. Um, it rules that unconstitutional. We'll see Mike DeWine's statement yesterday was they're looking into whether they will appeal this or not. So, you know, based on the fact that he loves to waste taxpayer dollars doing this, again, he doesn't need to be governor. To be evil. Yes. Wait, to waste tax dollars to be evil. Yeah, I mean, our, our statement yesterday said that the Republicans didn't care who they hurt along the way, and that really is the biggest point of this. This was HIV AIDS testing. This is infant mortality program money. This is rape prevention education money. This is, you know, critical health care service. More, I know. I don't know. Comprehensive sex ed. Yeah, sex ed. Uh, for, for teens in juvenile detention and foster, foster care. care. Yeah, like two populations who really need this information and are probably not getting it anywhere else. Right. Uh, treatments to pre- uh, prevent infertility. So if you're trying to have a baby yes. and you go to Planned Parenthood for some help, mm-hmm. This bill would say, no, no, Planned Parenthood can't help you have a baby. Yes. It also doesn't apply just to Planned Parenthood. That's right. Any abortion provider. So so if a a hospital provides one abortion that is not related to incest or rape. If a hospital gives you a referral to go to an abortion provider. So the hospital's not even doing the abortion. They would be defunded by this bill. Yeah, it's it's, it's the abortion provider or anyone who, I can't even remember what the language was, but... It was is affiliated with promoting promoting abortion, abortion <laughs> blah yeah. blah blah. So yeah, I mean, it really is a huge broad population that would no longer 
um, if the Ohio Department of Health was actually equally enforcing it, which I doubt they actually would. But the sixth fund just popped into my head. Uh, the sixth fund is uh, funding for breast and cervical cancer yes, screenings screenings. and treatment. Yes. So, <laughs> so I mean, John Kasich and Mike DeWine were willing to take away hospitals' funds for breast and cervical cancer mm-hmm. treatment to take those funds away just to try and pl- uh, punish Pun- Planned Parenthood. Yep. That's evil. Mm-hmm. And they're going to use tax dollars. DeWine wants to use tax dollars to defend that evil plan in court. Yes. Again, he doesn't need to be governor. <laughs> One more time Should for the people in the back. be allowed to be governor. <laughs> he must be stopped. I mean... Think about that. I mean, if he's willing to do all of that, what is he going to do as governor? We've seen half of the clinics already close under Kasich. What would happen under a DeWine administration? Again, going back to Kelly's question on why we endorsed in the primary, that's why we endorsed in the primary. Right. He must be stopped. And the people to stop it and the people to help us do good when they get elected is Cordray and Sutton. Yes. Um, I wrote down here on the agenda a sidebar, which I think fits in nicely here because we're talking about preventive health care. We're talking about helping women have healthy babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, an organization we want to lift up who did some amazing work over the past week, got oh, yes. terrific press, is Root. Yes. Uh, restoring yeah. our own through mm-hmm. transformation. Yes. And, yep. and the hour as I say it out loud, isn't white guys like me. Uh, it's black women looking to have healthy families. Yes. Black women led, um, black women focused, um, reproductive justice, um, birth justice group, um, here in Columbus, a newer organization. Jessica Roach is their director and she's an amazing person. She spoke at lobby day. Um, However long ago that was, a week ago? Oh, geez, it's been a week. A week, Um, two days. (laughs) um, And just is an amazing partner to have. Um, They did their very first, it wasn't the very first ever, no, I think it was the very first ever, but it was was. everywhere across the country, not just Columbus. It was from Black Mamas Matter. Yes. So they're part of the Black Mamas Matter Alliance, and so they did their very first Black Maternal Health Week. So they did a whole series of events starting in Kenyan um, College and then did a Meet the Doulas event because that's one of their primary um, services is full-spectrum doulaing. Can you explain to me what exactly a doula is? It's a birth support person, but actually... The full spectrum doula, I mean, that's kind of what they're known for, but full spectrum doula, you know, there's, so there's even like abortion doulas, so somebody that helps a woman through the abortion process or those kinds of things. Perinatal, birth support, abortion, yeah. postpartum. And actually, Root is actually looking at doing um, even into like adoption doulaing and like helping actually welcome and integrate an adopted child into a family. That's cool. Yeah. Which I find really, really interesting and and amazing. So it really is just support because so much of birth is medicalized and what we know, especially with black women with the emerging actually already here, uh, maternal health crisis for black women, especially, um, is that their voices aren't heard. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Serena Williams mm-hmm. talked about how bad her pregnancy or her birth experience was. She had a blood clot yeah. after her C-section. And like she's had blood clots before, but yeah, so it's and, not something that should have been missed. Yeah, and she kept complaining of pain and kept complaining of pain, and they kept ignoring and ignoring and ignoring. And if, if Serena Williams can't get the health care she needs, think right. about you know a woman on Medicaid at Grant Hospital. Right where they're just trying to shove her out the door. So really it's about making sure that these women that they're working with 
have the healthcare and are being listened to in the system so that we can reduce infant and maternal mortality. They did a really uh, fantastic documentary screening on Tuesday. Do you you remember the name of it? Does anyone remember the name of it? Birth. Birth by death. Death by birth. Yeah. Here, you go and I'll try to find it. They did a screening of it at Clip, so I got to see it last week. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I missed it when I was here. I was really, really sad about it, Um, but I'm going to have to see it at some point. But yeah, I mean, the whole week was amazing because it was just really a celebration of the work they do and a case for why it's important. And there's no Wi-Fi in this. The film's called The Naked Truth, Death by Delivery. There it is. There is no Wi-Fi in this office. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll put link to Root. Please do support Root, like their social media Mm -hmm. stuff, share it. Um, amazing work that you know nobody else is doing. The Stand Up for Choice in May, May eighth, will be benefiting Root. Mm-hmm. Nice. If you want to know more about it, actually, they were they were um, highlighted in the Columbus Alive um, issue yeah, that came out last press. week. Um, so you can actually pick up a paper copy of it. I still need to grab it um, somewhere. Um, has an amazing picture of Jessica and um, a little baby that she helped deliver. Get me a copy for the wall. Here. Okay, I'll get you a copy for the wall. But um, So check that out either online or if you're in Central Ohio, find out where Columbus Alive is. We shared that link on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Great press. Mm-hmm. Terrific work. So yay, Root. Yay. Okay. Uh, okay, do you want to talk about Trump Hannity or do you want to talk about Janelle Monet? Janelle Monet. Please. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Janelle Monet is a singer who just released a song called Pink, P-Y-N-K, um, which is a song about performing oral sex on another woman and is a celebration of womanhood. But uh, And it's her and Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson is an actress that uh, she's been in a few videos with Janelle Monet. Um, but it's not just like a celebration of womanhood because these two people also recognize that there are women without vaginas. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a it's a catchy song. It's a good summer beat, um, and the, like the aesthetics of the video are great. Uh, there's these pants that look like it's not like vulvas. Subtle. No, it's definitely not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> the vulva pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I saw the pants. I hadn't seen like actually what there's lots of think pieces about. Things, yeah, there's lots of think pieces about it. Um, but it's just a just a fun song. It's not subtle and it's it's great. <laughs> yeah. It, the thing that I thought about is uh, there was there was a little bit of a dust up uh, over the most recent women's marches over whether or not the pink pussy hats were uh, transphobic, uh, transphobic yeah. or, or racist uh, or or racist. <laughs> and I thought, well, here's this black woman making an entire video about pink and everything is pink, and so. I, I think this removes the stigma from the pink pussy hat. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I mean, mean, I think it would depend. I think the the pink pussy hat had all those things because white feminists, the white feminist, the actual white feminists. Somebody knit group. me a brown pussy hat and I'll wear it around. <laughs> but no, I think I think it was more who was wearing the pink pussy hat than yeah. the actual pink pussy hat in and of itself. Uh, the the video is great, you know, I, and I say that as a, a straight white guy, I <laughs> I, I applaud it for what it is. It's it's a terrific tune. Um, I was listening to some of her stuff uh, recently, and it sounded familiar. It's got this just little kind of vibe to it, this beat. And I was like, God, that 
that sounds like something I've heard before. And then I saw an interview with her and it turns out that she'd been hanging out with Prince for like the past few years mm. and he's been mentoring the hell out of her. I, yeah, I could see that. And there's, I mean, a, lot, if there's you, a lot of influence there. If for you sure. love Prince and you're like, Oh, I miss Prince. Janelle Monae is the way to go <laughs> because she collaborated with him. She's so good. Oh yeah. It's, her. it's terrific. So we also did a podcast right after Prince died and Beyonce released, uh, lemonade all mm-hmm. on the same weekend. Yes. It, it Sounds like, very stressful. Oh my God. <laughs> and so, so to see, to see her, you know, sort of continue, uh, to, to use his same stuff, but in her completely unique way that nobody else is doing. That's awesome. I think it was terrific. Yay. From Princess Purple to Trinelle Monet's Pink. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, it's great. I, Just I'm celebration proud. of all of our organizations, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see like some Planned Parenthood. Like, is this the Planned Parenthood jam of the summer? I'm like, I think it's more of a celebration <laughs> of black womanhood, but sure. <laughs> yeah. You can have it. <laughs> no, it's good. It is. All, all of her stuff is, is really good. I was, I was listening to, you know, her full albums. This is just one song, but... Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Do you think yeah. I could pull off those bubble pants? I think you should try it. Should, really should cool. I wear them to the state house? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I think they should make an appearance at the Bolathon. Oh, so. if I could find them, I totally would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would definitely be Bolathon pants, but yeah, I think the state house might. But yeah, they're definitely not subtle. Like, Tessa Thompson's, like, head comes up between her, like, knees at one point, and so she's, like, in the middle of this vulva. Like, there's <laughs> there's no subtlety whatsoever. <laughs> who's who's the uh, the photographer who took the pictures of the flowers? Georgia, no, no she, yeah, the, the, but that's not a photographer. She's a painter, painter, but yes, okay, Georgia, Georgia O'Keefe. Yeah. I mean, these look it's like Georgia O'Keefe, subtle, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like not if Georgia O'Keefe made pants, these were the, <laughs> these would be those pants. I would buy Georgia O'Keefe pants. <laughs> I think people would buy the hell out of those. Uh huh. They would. So, yeah. Do we have time to talk about Trump Hannity? Yeah, oh. it's, it's Jamie's this. least favorite topic. I don't know why. No so. one's excited about it. Sean Hannity's lawyer. Mm. Is Trump's lawyer. Woohoo. And has Client been- attorney privilege. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the fact that that lawyer doesn't under, I mean, I think the bigger story is that the lawyer doesn't understand lawyer client privilege. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you should yes. be disbarred. I mean, holding on to business records is not attorney Ooh, client privilege. Trump, people who were frauded by Trump University, uh, I say in air quotes, they were awarded a settlement last week. Sweet. Yeah, 25 million, I think. Ooh, that's nice. So He's the- just. Paying off people right and left. There's so much Except news that like you just totally missed that. If, if you've been screwed by Trump in one form or another, uh. you've got a check coming to you. Well, it's funny. I was actually listening to MSNBC yesterday in the car, and um, they were talking about how much trouble he's having finding new attorneys. <laughs> and, yeah. and part of the problem is because they are... Um, parts of big firms and in big firms, like the partners have to agree to take on a new client and there's disagreement among the partners. So then you can't take on this client. But one of the other things I talked about um, was the fact that lawyers are not really jumping at the bit to become his lawyer because they know he hasn't paid his people before. (laughs) So why in heck am I going to take on this client? That's going to be the biggest pain in my butt because he's going to tweet and destroy any legal plan I had for his defense or whatever. So he's going to, you know, undermine my legal process every way, shape and form. He, I can't, he can, it's going to be a big pain in my butt. And I'm then he's not going to pay me at the end. Like right. why in the heck would I take on this person as a client? Right. 
It's I don't understand how this man has gotten as far in his life as he has. Mm-hmm. I also don't understand why Sean Hannity doesn't understand what like the relationship with a lawyer is. Because no, you don't have to pay a lawyer to be represented by them. We have plenty of pro bono lawyers that we have legal relationships with and have privileged conversations with because they are a lawyer. We entered into an agreement. Like you have to like sign stuff in those kinds of things. So like Sean Hannity going over here, like, well, we just had conversations. He was never really my lawyer. Right. Like, no, that's not how this works. The guy Sean Hannity has three is clients. the dispenser of fake news. Yes. The, the other two clients for Michael Cohen both were using him to pay off women that they'd had affairs with. <laughs> yes. For Trump, it was Playboy Playmates. But for the other guy, he was processing a check for $1.6 million so that the woman could go and receive an abortion and also you know, be paid off. And this was a major funder for the Republican National yeah. Committee and for Donald Trump. You know, I... I think in in a normal presidential administration, that's like the giant scandal. The fact that you've got Mike Pence, you know, going into the vice president's office thanks to a fundraiser who's paying women to go get abortions, and Pence it would be if Trump hadn't raped people and we didn't care. This is this is why I think like our focus on all this like people don't care. Like we, they elected this person knowing all these things. Like that's, that's the thing. Like we're screwed up. I almost cussed. You should be happy with not having to bleep (laughs) that out. Like we don't care. Well, I'd care, but I mean, they actually just released a poll. I was actually, it was under the auspices of what the heck is wrong with white people. Like 53% of white people still think Trump's doing a great job. Two thumbs up. Yay! And 11% of black people. Like, what is wrong with us? Like, why are we so mentally screwed up in the head that we can't understand how ridiculously screwed up all of this is and how not normal? The only thing I liked about what Comey said this week was like, this is just not normal. This is not how things should be working. Right. But, you know, the vast majority of white people are like, this is awesome. Right. Last topic, transitioning from that, uh, is uh, we forgot to come back to the Jim Renacci uh, Oh, email. yes, we did. Oh. Uh, so, so we put out a tweet saying that Renacci's ties with Trump and the fact that he's standing with Donald Trump is disgusting. That's, yes. that's all we did is we just retweeted something else and put the word disgusting, disgusting. on it. Uh, Renacci's team took our tweet and uh-huh. made that as the head of a fundraising email mm-hmm. he sent out to his people. Yes. Um, so we he called was, us the most powerful and something else and something else <laughs> progressive organization in the country. And I was like, score. Didn't he accuse <laughs> us of being well-funded? <laughs> yes. I, I love, there's, there's been a couple times there. There was a letter to the editor with the same, the same line that NARAL is the most powerful yeah. <laughs> pro-choice organization. Somebody like, should tell, should tell our national office. <laughs> Well, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, we put out a response. We said, Congressman Renacci, when you stand with Donald Trump, you're standing with his, standing by his loathsome record of using and abusing women. You can attack us all you want. We're not intimidated. But it only shows how uh, shows Ohio voters how extreme your anti-woman views really are. Yes. And this is the guy running against Sherrod Brown again, coming back to how amazing and wonderful and amazing and wonderful Sherrod Brown is. He's right. so nice. And he has one of our shirts. <laughs> He's well-funded. He has one of our shirts. Sherrod <laughs> Brown is. Jim Renacci's anti-woman. He's standing by mm-hmm. a guy who uses and abuses women. Yes. And I hope that that would matter, but white people prove me wrong constantly. <laughs> that is kind of a really good response to that. <laughs> it's a well-timed crunch. We'll see everybody next week.
拜。